Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Justin Reimer. I'm excited tonight to share a message. My name's Justin. My wife Jennifer and I are the lead pastors here at Vivid. We've had a great day today. All great, Man, a great month. We started... Uh, the day in New Westminster, and uh, we're at the the gathering there. It's been amazing, and then downtown, and then I took my kids for a little urban picnic. We had Taco Fino in the Woodward's building, and uh, then here we are at Kits. It's amazing. What a month it's been. Thank you guys for being a part of a, a pretty adventurous month, pretty exciting month as uh, our church has gone from one location to three locations, and we've been able to reach uh, hundreds more people this month, which has just been a, a fantastic thing. So love you guys a lot. Excited about this message. Don't want to delay anymore. So why don't we pray, and then we're going to dive straight into the Word of God. Sound good to everyone? Come on, I know we're few tonight, but we can still be mighty. Sound good to everyone? All right, let's pray. Jesus, we invite you into this place. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would do your best work in us. I pray that you would illuminate scripture to us, make it real and alive and active. And uh, where we need to move, adjust, or change, we invite you to put us in that place. We ask you, Jesus, to do a, a work in every heart here. I pray for myself, even as I, I bring this message for the third time, that you'd speak to me again. We believe it in your name. And uh, everybody said amen. Amen. Hey man, hey, if you have your Bible with you, I wonder if you could go right into the book of Titus chapter 3. We're going to dive there in a minute. Titus chapter 3. Uh, we are in a series of messages. We've been all month on this one topic, this one phrase really uh, out of the Bible that says, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. And uh, the Apostle Paul is speaking to a group of people uh, a church that uh, was excited about how things were going, excited about the season that they were in, and uh, he speaks to them and he interjects a thought on how important it is that, that love is the foundation of all that we do. And then he makes this statement, faith, hope, and love. These three remain. The greatest of these is love. At the end of the day, what we know is not what will differentiate us. At the end of the day, the, the words we say is not what people will remember forever. At the end of the day, our sacrifice, if not based on love, is, is just good works. But, but love remains. Faith, hope, and love. Now, it's interesting, this passage in, in 1 Corinthians 13, it starts with a statement at the very end of chapter 12. Okay, it starts with this statement, speaking to a group of people who are gifted and growing, and he says this, now here is the most excellent way. Goes on to speak about love, and in conclusion, the, the first verse of 1 Corinthians chapter 14 says, now follow the way of love. Okay, with that context in mind, let me read to you this, this passage of scripture in the book of Titus. Titus chapter 3. It says this, at one time, we too were foolish. You're like, yep, about 10 minutes ago. We too were disobedient, deceived, enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and in envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. 
not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously. Can someone say generously? I think it's a pretty key word in this passage. The Holy Spirit has been poured out generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what's good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. I want you to see in this passage of Scripture that, that we're on a journey. In this passage of Scripture, it's referencing past, present, and future. It's saying, hey, no matter where you are in your faith today, we all at one time were fools, disobedient, lost, just, just given over to, to, to vices, given over to passions. We, we were confused and envious and all sorts of things. And then into that brokenness, into that place of undeservedness, Jesus breaks in by his kindness, by his grace. It says he pours out the Holy Spirit generously. And in that outpouring of the Holy Spirit, it's all that we need for life and godliness. Everything that we need to, to step out of darkness and into light, to step out of a lost place into a found place, everything we need is provided by the kindness of God. I love that, that salvation doesn't come to us because God's fed up. It's like, fine, I'm just so done with you right now. I might as well just save you. Salvation doesn't come because God's lonely or bored. He's like pacing heaven. He's like, heaven's pretty empty. I don't know what I'm going to do. I guess I'll just save people. Salvation doesn't come because we effort for it. It's not like God looked down on earth and thought, wow, those people are doing better than I thought they would be. Salvation comes because of the kindness of God, his heart towards people, his love for humanity. He pours out his Holy Spirit, and in that exchange makes a way for us to come into relationship with him. So we've got past. We've got our present state. But then he also speaks to our future. He says, now, if that's, if that's your story, if you can resonate with lostness, then be found. If you can relate to foundness, then understand you're not finished yet. There's still, there's still something to pursue. He says, so that ought to be our pursuit, to go after that type of lifestyle in such a way that's profitable for everybody else. So I'm here today to tell you that I still got a long way to go. Are you with me? If you're taking notes tonight, that's, that's the, the title of the message. I've still got a long way to go. You can jot that down on your page. And uh, we're going to dive into a couple of thoughts here. I got a long way to go. Just being really honest with you. Thank you, Joel. Got a long way to go. You know, some people in this pursuit of living the life God has called them to live have come to the conclusion perhaps that God is disappointed with them. If you're honest, you look in the mirror, you say, man, I, I have really made some poor decisions. I still feel like I am the fool. I still am struggling in a lot of ways. God must be so disappointed with me now. Two things I have to say about that. Number one is thinking God's disappointed with you is not motivational at all. It's just pretty discouraging that an all-knowing, all-powerful being is disappointed with you. You know, some people, the, the, the image they have of God is uh, looking down his long nose towards us, just, just eternally making the 
tisk tisk sound. That's not very encouraging. That's not really a motivation place, motivating place to be. But the second thing I have to say about that is it's theologically impossible and incorrect. No matter what your life is looking like right now, no matter how far in this process towards living uh, others focused you are, God's not disappointed with you. It's impossible for him to be disappointed in you. I'm telling you, disappointment, it's the, the space that exists in between what we, we expect might happen, we hope will happen, and what we actually experience. Has anybody ever been disappointed? Come on, you with me? You've ever been disappointed? You th- I thought this is how it was going to turn out, and it turned out here. And all that space in between, that's called disappointment. See, disappointment happens because we don't know what the future will hold. So we assume, we guess, we hope, we, we, we believe, we wish, but we don't know what it will hold. I was disappointed this week. I was, uh, I was in an airplane. I had a trip. I was in Asia, and I was on my way back to Canada from Asia, and I uh, got my seat assignment. And my seat was in the middle I, I mean, I always expect for more. I know there's like a one in three chance that your seat is going to be a middle seat, but I always hope for more. I always try to navigate for more. I always try to negotiate for more. You see, I, I got like a pair of shoulders on me. So being in the middle means you are cuddling two strangers the whole time. Like, you're, you're shoulder to shoulder with, with people the whole time. So I said, hey, I, I mean, I appreciate that I'm in the middle of the middle, but um, is there any other seat on the plane? Front, back, baggage, like, put me anywhere. And they said, sir, the, the plane is entirely full. Every last seat is full. I said, well, the computer says these ones. They're like, yeah, but they are full, trust me. There, there's a, a family with a couple of babies in that section. It's full, full, full. So there I was in the back of the plane, the back row. Did I mention I was in the back row, in the middle of the middle section? I'm telling you there was some disappointment because I had hoped for more. I thought I got a 13-hour flight. I'm traveling all alone right now. I'm going to get some work done. I'm going to get some rest. I'm going to lean up, you know, on the window seat, lean up against the wall and try not to get my neck kinked too, too much. But I'm going to have a little sleep. I might watch a couple of movies. Well, I sat down in the middle of the middle of the back only to find the entertainment system was down. This was a disappointing experience. I'm telling you, we're prone to disappointment. Some people don't get disappointed that often because they don't expect much. But the rest of us, we hope for more than sometimes we receive. And so we live in disappointment. But here's the reality. God is never disappointed with you because he has seen the beginning and the end. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He knows exactly the, the steps and the missteps that you and I will make. And knowing all of that, he still poured out his Holy Spirit generously, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and kindness to draw us near to God. He knew exactly what he was getting into when he chose you. He knew exactly what he was getting into when he called me by name. So God's not disappointed with you right now. In fact, I believe God is an encourager towards you and I to all that he's called us to be. Do you believe that? And so I'm here to tell you I can relate to a lost place, a dark place, a broken place. 
Man, I'm here to testify and tell you I know what it is for the Spirit to be poured out generously and to be found in Christ. But I'm also here to say I still got a long way to go if I'm going to arrive to be the person God has called me to be. As the leader of this, this church, I still got a long way to go. I, I bet you if you're here in the room tonight, you can relate to that. I got a long way to go. So I walked onto that plane. And uh, I, I, especially on a flight like this, I'm like, I might as well be the last person. I, like, if you're one of those people who tries to pre-board, explain to me why. What's the advantage of breathing recycled air for longer? <laughs> like, what is the advantage that, yeah, it's just nice to get that solid 45 minutes of still restlessness before the safety announcement. You know, I just like to be in my spot. I don't get that. I, I try to push it right to the very end. So I wait until the last call. Sometimes I just wait till they announce my name so I can hear it over the speaker. And so I'm like, I'm the last person. It's the final boarding call. That's my cue. And so I made my way onto the plane. If I'm honest, there was a little part of me hoping maybe someone didn't show. And so I, as they were scanning my ticket, I'm like, so still nothing came up? They're like, no, you're still in the back row, middle seat, middle section. So I'm making my way onto the plane. And, the, you know, the, the flight attendant's like, oh, it's so good to see you. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good to see you too, I guess. Uh, you know, I'm kind of disappointed about the seat that I'm in. And, and I'm making my way back, and, you know, you see all the people. It's like, man, you guys don't know how, to, how good you have it, or maybe you do, you know, in the, in the first class. And then you keep on walking. You see, man, like this exit row seat, that would have fit me perfectly. I'm making my way to the back, and, and as I'm walking to, to the back section, I, I see what's happening in, in my seat, in my little, like, clump of seats, you know. The two people who are sitting on the two aisles, they're, they're doing the quick scan, like, oh, no, one more, one more passenger Oh, no. Oh, no. Is there no one seat? Oh, maybe. Oh, it's a baby in that seat. Oh, that person's in the restroom. And then her eyes caught my eyes. Made eye contact. She went, oh, 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 it didn't work this time. Oh, 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 sometimes it works. Oh, oh, Molly. Oh, I can't believe it didn't work this time. Oh, we booked these tickets for a purpose. Oh, and I'm like, wow, great to see you too. Really warm welcome to my seat clump, you know, and I'm making my way in and she goes, oh man, when did you get your ticket? Because this has showed that it was empty and I'm like, well, a little while ago and she's like, oh man, Molly, the computer failed us. Oh man, it usually works, sometimes works, didn't work. Oh, she's like, this is my daughter, Molly. We've been on a trip together and I said, you know what? I would be happy, like totally happy. No problem. I'd be willing to, to switch seats with either of you so you can sit together. No problem at all. And she said, well, you know what, honestly, what do you think, Ma? Oh, we've been together so much. It's probably good for us to have a little bit of space. No problem. Thanks, though. I'm like, oh, no, thank you. Thank you. So I sat down and I'm just organizing my bag. Molly, meanwhile, she knows what's coming. She puts her headphones in. Molly was smart. And then mom starts talking. My mom starts talking. She's like, oh, oh, what a day. Woo! Oh, man, we just came from Cambodia. 
Oh, man, it took four flights and a two-hour boat ride, but I'm telling you, we went to an island. Beautiful. Oh, an amazing island. So worth the trip. It was great. The best part of it, there was no one there. No people there. Only 24 people on the whole island. Just great, you know? Like, just some alone time, some quiet time, no one in your space. It was like heaven. It was amazing. And she's, like, close talking and breathing and storytelling. I'm like, oh, it sounds beautiful. It sounds great. And I'm like, you know, I'm honestly, I'm like trying to look calm and I'm fishing for my headphones. Come on, where are you headphones? Come on, don't fail me now. She's like, oh man, just beautiful. Do you want to see some pictures? I said yes, but I meant no. I mean, really, honestly, I don't want to see a picture of where you just vacationed. She's like, oh, oh, look at that one. Wow, no people. Oh, Look at this one, too. See, no people. Just awesome. Just had, like, a really nice, quiet vacation. I'm thinking, I don't think you did. If I asked Molly, I think she'd have a different opinion about the volume level of your vacation. Oh, wow. Look at, see? See, that's why. That's why we did it. That's why right there. Wow. Oh, and there it is. Yep. And there's just the same picture of the same empty beach. I'm like, this could be a postcard. Like, really great. She said, well, we didn't just go because there's no people. Also, the drugs are so cheap there. Oh, man, we got our T3s. We got our codeines. We got our antibiotics. We got some, some bags of saline. I'm like, what do you need bags of saline for? She's like, it's just such a good deal. In America, those cost $150. In Cambodia, bag of saline, three bucks. I'm like, you're a Costco shopper, aren't you? So yeah, just amazing. So I went in. I said, I, I want my coating. I'm going to need three. They said, three pills. I said, no, three boxes. Am I right? <laughs> we hadn't even heard the safety announcement yet. She told me about kidney stones she had had pulverized. She told me her political views. She's like, so I, I just bought all those drugs. And then I thought, I'm going to tweet Trump and let him know I'm not spending any of my money in America. Of course, you know, I've been blocked on Twitter because I'm always tweeting Trump about all the things I don't like because he's not my president, you know. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, if they could just make an announcement here in Korean over, the, over this thing and ask everyone to be quiet for the safety announcement. Fortunately, not only did she bought codeine and T3, she got some really good like sleeping pills. She's like, okay, time for mama to go night-night. She popped a pill and then and did not move the whole time. Like I, I thought I should maybe check for a pulse about eight hours in. I say all that to say, the truth of the matter is, I suppose my heart in that moment would expose my own selfishness. That I, I was having a moment where I could be conversing with a pretty captive audience in my little seat clump. Instead, I was thinking about my own comfort. Instead, I was thinking about how disappointed I was. Like, Isn't that crazy? You're in a piece of technology that allows you to go from one continent to another while you sleep, or at least try to sleep. And I'm like, man, I just wish I had gotten another seat. I still got a long way to go. Are you with me? You have those moments where you're like, man, I don't think I am yet the person that I'd like to be. I don't think I'm yet a picture of the person that Jesus has, has called me to be. See, that's what he's speaking of in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He's saying, you've been called out of lostness. Outpouring of the Holy Spirit came and you were found. 
But it, the journey doesn't end there. I have a destination, a, a, a destiny I want to bring you to, a type of person I want to develop you to be. And so the Apostle Paul says this, now I'm only seeing a mere reflection, like in a mirror, but then when, I, when I'm in the presence of God, as I continue to, to look to Jesus and look more like Jesus, what will happen is I will see myself as I am fully known. There will be more clarity in who God's called me to be. I just want to say as, as a pastor, i still got a long way to go. You with me? Got a long way to go. So Paul says this, I want to show you the most excellent way. How many people have ever been in a new city, a new environment, you're trying to figure out how to get places? Anybody? I know there's some people here who are pretty new to Canada, and so you're trying to figure out where you're going and how to get there. I don't know about you, I think there's two types of people. There's map people, and then there's landmark people. How many people, you, you know you're a map person? You're like, just show me, I, I will navigate my way there. Okay, there's a few. And then there's the landmark people. Landmark people are terrible to get, to get directions from, I think. As a map person, anyway. They're like, oh, yeah, you just drive, like, a ways that way. And then you'll see a Tim Hortons. When you see the Tim Hortons, just hang a right at the Tim Hortons. And then you'll go, and then there's this really cute house on the left. When you see the cute house, hang a left right there. Go a few blocks and then there'll be a park. It's like not a big park, kind of a small park with a really weird tree in it. If you see the weird tree, you've gone too far. Uh, can you just show me the best way to get there? You know, I, like there's a lot of Tim Hortons. Houses aren't really cute. Trees are all kind of weird. Like what are we looking for here? See, Paul goes this, I don't want you to just think subjectively about what you prefer your own way. I want to tell you the most excellent way. I want to tell you the actual best way to navigate the journey called life, to, to make your way from lostness, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to salvation, but to continue along that journey in developing the character that actually reflects Jesus well. As a church, we say our goal, our mission is to reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. And I still got a long way to go. And then he goes, here's how. Love is the way. Love, it's patient, kind, doesn't envy, doesn't boast. Love is the way. It, it always protects, always hopes, always perseveres. It doesn't keep a record of wrongs. It's amazing. Love never fails. He goes, and these things remain faith, hope, and love. Concluding at the end, he says, as I mentioned a moment ago, now follow the way of love. See, here's what I, th I think God is laying out for you and I. I want to show you the most excellent way to get where you're going, but I also want to lead you there. The Holy Spirit lays out for us, hey, here's the best way to go. It's called love. Like, make sure the steps you take are taken in love. Make sure the decisions you, you make are made with love at the center, but also follow love. Isn't that a cool thought? He says, hey, here's the way. Now, come on, follow me. Amazing. Imagine if Jesus saved you. He says, okay, now you got a lot of work to do, young lady. Head that away until you reach perfection. Go over there and then report back to me. No, he's like, here's, here's where you're headed. You're headed into a place of destiny. Now, follow me. Let me take you there. Follow in the way of love. And in that pursuit, the way of love, it says this, and eagerly desire gifts. How many people like gifts? Come on, any people? Gift people? Amazing. My, my, one of my sons had a birthday 
uh, two weeks ago. He's a gift person. He's so excited about gifts. He was excited about gifts for weeks. He was telling everyone how excited he was about gifts. Oh, man, I'm so, Dad, I'm really excited to see what you got for me. So excited about the gift that you got for me. I wonder if maybe we could look at the gifts you got for me early. Is that, you're like, what do you think? What do you think? And then he'd be like, hey, Ty, Ty, I'm so excited because I know you guys got me stuff. I'm excited for you. Are you a gift person? You like gifts? Here's how you know. Do you, do you love it when the Amazon box comes? How good is an Amazon delivery? Oh, my goodness. It's amazing. It's amazing. We've pretty much allowed our, our life to be mailless. Like, only bills really get mailed to you anymore. But then Amazon came, right? Amazing. You get all excited. There's a box waiting on your front step. You're like, ah, oh, I wonder what it is. It's amazing. I love the Amazon delivery. Amazing. You know what it is. You had a tracking number. You got a text telling you it's at your front door. But you still open the door and go, oh, it's here. My box arrived. And then you say something like this, wow, Amazon's really changing up the game, am I right? Wow, it's really changing things. It's amazing. I just ordered this. Prime, Prime, right? Wow, all, all the batteries I needed came right to my door. Technology. But it's exciting. There's a gift for you. It's got your name on it. It's amazing. I often think about this. You know, that Amazon delivery person, they were driving around all day with a truck full of gifts. All day long with a truck full of little surprise gifts for people. And as they're driving that truck, I don't think they're thinking, oh, man, I have so many gifts right now. <laughs> it's amazing. Wow, I'm so blessed. Unbelievable. Look at all my gifts. Because the gifts don't have their name on them. The gifts that they're carrying are gifts to be delivered. Now, I would hope they take some joy in the job that they do, but they are gifts with someone else's name on them. See, here's the thing. The Bible says this. As we eagerly desire greater gifts, they are the type of gifts that are beneficial to others. Here's what God wants for your life, that, that you and I would benefit others. On every gift, the, the person to which it is made out to is the church, people that, that are called by God. So he goes, hey, I want to gift you and that you could bring to a community of people what you're gifted with. You see, the church in Corinth that the Apostle Paul was writing to, they, they had experienced the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and they were speaking in, in, in tongues, speaking in a heavenly language. And they're like, wow, guys, whoo, Amazon box came, open it up, tongues, amazing, so gifted, this is awesome. Seriously, I'm speaking things I don't even know what I'm saying, but I know on the inside I'm getting built up. And Paul's like, that's cool. In fact, he says this, I'm excited that I actually speak in tongues more than all of you. But, but that's not the end goal that God has for you. Like a gift that edifies you is actually not God's end game for you. It's the beginning. It's not his end goal. It's the start. See, here's what it looks like. In the book of Acts chapter 2, there's a group of people, 120. Uh, they're in a room, maybe something like this. They're together, they're waiting, and into that environment, the, the Spirit of God is poured out. And, and they're all filled with the Spirit, and they begin to speak boldly about the wonderful works of Jesus. And they're in the city of Jerusalem where there was, it lists about 15 other language groups there. And so this one group of people, though they didn't, didn't even learn those languages, came out and they started speaking about Jesus in tongues they didn't even know. You know, some of them are speaking Mandarin and Portuguese and Greek and all the other languages. I don't know. They're speaking, 
and Jesus is being glorified. And on that day, 3,000 people are saved. And so their, their group of people, their church went from 120 to 3,120 in one day. That's what the Holy Spirit can do. From 120 to 3,120, a moment with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now with that, I would assume came some complications. With that, I would assume became some relational tension. With that, I'm, I'm assuming that not everyone rubbed everyone the right way. With that, I'm assuming there was differences of opinion. Certainly politically, there would have been people from all different parts of the world. There was differences of language. There was differences of culture. The Bible says this, that when the Spirit is poured out, it, it equalizes young and old. So it says that God will pour out his Spirit generously on the old and the young. And you'll be able to evidence it because there'll be new dreams, there'll be prophecies, like giftedness for young and old. The, the, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit was an equality of, of genders, where prior to that it was men, smart, women, nah. And then he goes, no, no, that's not how I work. He poured out his spirit and, and into a culture that really segregated men and women. The Bible says this, that he'll pour the spirit generously on, on the young and the old, on men and women, and then on rich and poor. Oh, there's this great work of equality took place in, in a system uh, of political separation, God just goes inclusion. I want to include all of you in what I'm doing. He pours out his spirit generously. And then now they are a group of 3,000. No structures, no logistics teams, no planning, no lists. They're like, how do we do this church thing? Like that just happened. Revival just took place by the Holy Spirit. You know, I think it's beautiful what, what Jesus did as he poured out his spirit in Acts 2, 2, uh, 2 verse 1 and 2. But maybe just as significant or more is what happens in Acts 2.42. If you go to Acts 2.42, it says, Now this group of people who are 3,120, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to prayer, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread. They met regularly in public and in one another's homes. That, that they, they shared everything they had in common. Imagine that, a group of people that was so not entitled that they didn't even feel entitled to what they owned. They felt like, like it's not mine or yours, it's just ours. Whatever I have that can serve you, it's my desire. It says this, that they experienced the favor of God and people, and then God added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now the question could be posed, well, what did the Holy Spirit do in the book of Acts chapter 2? He, Jesus poured out the Spirit on people for a moment of evangelism. But the Spirit of God also is what allowed them to devote themselves to teaching and prayer and fellowship, generosity, you know, breaking bread together. I thought of this just, just recently. In that group was 15 different cultures at least. And so being in one another's homes, sharing one another's food meant they used different spices. Food didn't taste the same as what they were used to. It meant stretching outside of their comfort zone, which is super adventurous and exciting for some and really uncomfortable for others. So in a group of 3,000, there was people who were comfortable and right in their sweet spot and people who were totally out of their comfort zone. God imagined that in a group that big, there were some introverts who were like, I only wanted two friends. So just keep like 3,118 of you. Could you just back off and give me some space? You want to hang out every day? 
I had my hangout last month. And somehow, by the Spirit's work, they were able to devote themselves to one another. i got to imagine a group that big, there were some extroverts who just loved talking. And yet they, they got together and said, if we all just rattle off our own opinions, we can't unify around everything. So we got to determine we're going to listen to what's being taught. And we're going to start from a place where maybe we have different perspectives, but because of the work of the Spirit of God, we're going to find our, our, our destinies begin to align as we submit ourselves to some teaching. We pray for one another. I would imagine there were some people there who struggled with generosity on the giving end because they had a lot. I would imagine there were some people there who struggled on the receiving end of generosity because those people still exist right now. Right? Hey, can I buy that for you? They're, no, 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 no. You better not because then I'll owe you. I don't like owing anyone. You're like, no, no, it's on me. No, no, no. And it's like, do we, we, we as you pull out your debit card, and you see a tumbleweed roll by, like, who's going to tap first? Bah! Right? Those people still exist. There must have been in that group of people all sorts of, all sorts of types. And yet by the Spirit of God, they were empowered and enabled to devote themselves to one another. I just want to say, like, as, a, as a leader and as a church, we've got a long way to go. Good news, the Spirit of God is on the journey with us. Jesus knew exactly what he was getting into when he called you, when he called me, when he set aside our church to do something special, and he's going to go with us. He's going to help us in our areas of lack. He's going to fill some gaps where there are gaps. And I love that, that at the end, it says this, that there was daily adding to their numbers those who were being saved. Do you know this month at Vivid Church, across our three locations, we've had 69 different people indicate by raising their hand for prayer or writing down on a card that they've made a decision to to trust their their life to Jesus, to begin a relationship with Jesus. 69 people this month. But we still got a long way to go. Because we're not playing a comparison game saying 69 is pretty good compared to zero. Because 69 is pretty small compared to 2.4 2.4 million in our city. We're not playing a game of comparison. We're trying to, to play this game, if you will, of pursuit. We want to pursue just being who God's called us to be. And so in order for us to, to understand, I've gone from brokenness into wholeness, how the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But the Spirit is not only for an outpouring, the Spirit is for outworking as well. Okay? The Spirit of God works at an, a moment of outpouring unto salvation, but then also works at an ongoing outworking of what it means. The Bible puts it this way, keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step. Like the Spirit of God is saying, okay, follow me. Someone's going like, hey, could, just, could you just, like Holy Spirit, I hear it sometimes in hip-hop songs. Not really sure exactly what it means. You know, like it gets mentioned and thrown out sometimes in like a comedy movie. What do you mean by Holy Spirit? Say, as, as, as Christians, we believe that God is three and one, paradoxical. It's kind of hard to understand. But God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit perfectly unified. And so we, we would say it's the Trinity, or some would use the term, really theological term, the Godhead. But you got Father, Son, and Holy Spirit perfectly unified. God the Father begat the Son, Jesus, and Jesus lived incarnately, meaning fully man and fully God. And because of the sin of humanity, we were separated from God in such a way that we could not be pleasing to God. God the Father can't be in the presence of, of, of unrighteousness, and we're 
completely unrighteous. So Jesus said, why don't I step in the middle out of honor towards God and love towards people? He, he stepped in between the, the, the perfection of God, the brokenness of humanity, and said, I'll take, I'll take the punishment. So some people, they wear a cross on their neck. Some put, people put it on a T-shirt or a tattoo. Some church buildings paint it on the side of their church. But, but it's more powerful than a symbol. It's the place where Jesus made a trade. So God the Father was completely satisfied with the sacrifice of, of, of Jesus the Son. And in that moment, Jesus, by his kindness, poured out his Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit could beckon people to him. So he goes, hey, guys, good news. I know I was on the cross. You know the good news? He didn't stay on the cross. He rose again. After raising again, he met with his friends, that group of 120 that I talked about. He said, good news, guys. I'm going to leave now. Now, that doesn't sound like good news. Like maybe Jesus has a little bit of post-death syndrome, right? Post-crucifixion syndrome. It doesn't sound like good news, Jesus. He goes, no, it's good news because when I I leave, I'm actually going to pour out the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is better for you. The Holy Spirit will always be with you. Like, like Jesus is not physically in flesh with you right now, but the Holy Spirit is. In fact, the Bible says where two or more gather together, there God is presenced in the midst. Not the Father, not the Son, the Spirit. God's Spirit is here among, amongst us and with us. It's, it's the Spirit of God that allows the, the Bible to be powerful to you and I. How is it like crazy, a book that was written over a period of 1,600 years in three different languages by 40-some authors, can still be relevant to our lives today. Why? Because the author's in the room every time you read the Bible. Every time you read the Word of God, the author's in the room saying, here's what I mean by that. Here's how, I, how that, this applies to your life. Nudging. Have you ever said, I've read that 10 times, and this time it actually means something different to me. This time it's speaking to my exact situation. Can't tell you all the time. Uh, we finish a Sunday and people come to me, hey, that message was just for me. I'm like, that's awesome. But no, it wasn't. But that's awesome. But no, it wasn't. It was for all of us. Because the person beside you dealing with something totally different was like, whoa, that was just for me. How? Not because I speak well, but because the Spirit of God is communicating to people. The Holy Spirit's amazing, powerful, completely sufficient, uh, individualizing this experience that can be had with Jesus, tailor-making and crafting for us a purpose and a plan that leads us towards our destiny. The Spirit of God's amazing. And, and, And the experience we have with the Holy Spirit is not only in an outpouring moment, but it's in the outworking of life. I got a long way to go. But it's the most excellent way. And the Spirit of God is leading me in that way, saying follow the way of love, keep in step with the Spirit. I'm going to ask the band to come back. Let me show you three quick scriptures, all right? You see, we said these three remain, faith, hope, and love. The Holy Spirit is actually the one who provides us with faith, who provides us with hope, who, who, who fills us with love. Let me show you the book of Jude chapter 1. Jude chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. The book of Jude chapter 1. It's a great, great passage of Scripture. I know I've thrown lots of Scripture at you tonight. The amazing thing is that the Holy Spirit inspired every word written in this book. So if you, I, I always encourage people to take some notes because something will stick out to you today, and tomorrow when you look back at your notes, there'll be something else that God would use from his word. Look at this, Jude chapter 1 and verse 20. It says, but you, dear friends... Build yourself up in the most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourself in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. See, faith is a byproduct of praying in the Spirit. 
praying spiritual prayers. This means this. Don't pray ritualistic prayers. They're, they're fine. They're all well and good. Maybe you have a book of prayers. Maybe you have like a prayer you recite often. But also pray spirit-type prayers. Where you're like, ah, God, I need you right now. Like, God, in this moment, I'm going through something. Pray prayers from your, your spirit as well. And that will actually build you up in faith. You see, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. Well, what about giftedness? Yep. What about like prophecy and stuff? All good. But you have to build it on a foundation of faith, hope, and love. Surely along this journey, God is going to give you every good and perfect gift so that we can live and be a gift to our city. But it has to start with faith, hope, and love. These things remain. So faith comes from a relationship with God's Spirit. Number two, in the book of Romans chapter 15 and verse 13, check this out. Romans 15 and 13. Speaking of hope, it says this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, the Spirit doesn't only give you faith. The Spirit causes you to overflow with hope. I love that, that he's described in this term as the God of hope, and he wants to fill you with what he's full of. How do you know you've been filled with hope? It says you'll overflow. A person who's full of hope, when you get around them, you start living full of hope as well. A person who's really genuinely overfull with hope, I'm going to tell you, if you just have enough hope, you don't have enough hope. Enough is not enough. you got to be overflowing with hope. you got so much extra hope. Like, I just got to find some hopeless people because i got so much hope to share. i got so much hope to give. I, I, I met with a friend when I was in Korea. Awesome guy. He, he works in the K-pop industry. He manages like 10 of the top K-pop bands in Korea. I'm like, man, how, how, did, how does that opportunity come to you? He's like, oh, I just trust God. I'm like, yeah, cool, but how? He's like, honestly, I just trust God. And then he's telling me all these stories. I was there with, with my friend, and, and uh, he, I'm like, hey, and this is my friend Jason. He's like, hey, Jason, do you love Jesus? And he's like, yeah, I do. He's like, like, really love him? He's like, yeah, totally. He's like, okay, good. Let's go for coffee. And honestly, if his answer had been no, John was ready to go there. And then he told me, he's like, yeah, this one time I was meeting with Brad Pitt's agent, and, and uh, we were talking. I'm like, it was going to be a really good business opportunity. But then I was God spoke to me. He said, you just got to share, share hope with this guy. So we sat down, and I'm like, hey, man, I don't want to talk business today. I just want to tell you about Jesus. And then, then he started, like, crying and stuff. We've, we've stayed really good friends since then, you know, just, you know, just really trying to invest some hope in him. Oh, man, that's someone full of hope. They're overfilled, so full they're overflowing with hope. See, the Spirit of God will give you all the faith you need. The Spirit of God will cause you to overflow with hope, everything you need. Now check this, Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 and verse 3. Thank you, Jesus. Romans 5 and verse 3 says this. And hope. Uh, let's go 5 verse 5, sorry. 5 verse 5. And hope doesn't put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom he has given to us. Amazing, the work of the Holy Spirit giving us faith, giving us hope, giving us love. The types of things that endure don't come from our effort. They come from the Spirit of God. And what he builds upon that foundation changes the world. It changes the lives of people. There's giftedness on the inside of you that can change the lives of the people around you. 
There's giftedness inside you that can change a generation of people. There's giftedness inside of you, inside of us, that God would love to call out and pull out and pour out so that you and I could be the answer to exactly what someone else needs. Man, I feel like every time someone walks through the, the door of this church, it, it, it ought to be like there's an Amazon box waiting on their front step. They're like, whoa, oh my goodness, there's a gift with my name on it. This is actually what I needed. Oh, oh, hope, what? Crazy, I wanted hope, who knew? Amazing. That when people come into contact with our lives, they'd be like, oh, oh, it's, it's a family. The Bible says that God puts lonely people in families. That's what the church ought to be. People are like, oh, my goodness, this is just what I wanted. Then when people, they, they, they come in contact with you, they're like, oh, guys, it's a mentor. I'm young, and I got so many questions. I've always wanted a mentor, someone who's got advice for me. Oh, my goodness. I want to try this on. That, that someone would open up and go, oh, God, someone who wants to listen to my advice? For real, like I'm older and I have a lot to share, but I don't think anyone wants to hear it. Man, it's a, you are a gift. The people get around. This is, this is the one for all of us right now. You open the box. Oh, it's encouragement. How'd you know? I've never met anyone who's too encouraged. I've never met anyone who's like, guys, to be honest, I'm so encouraged. I'm good. Like, seriously, I'm more encouraged than I know what to do with. I'm so overly encouraged. It's kind of exhausting, really. Like, we could be that. We could be, but you know what? If we're driving around in our little delivery truck, being like, wow, guys, look at all the gifts we got here. We're a gifted group. Wow. I see like a mentor over in a box there somewhere. That's pretty cool. Some encouragement. I don't know. It was somewhere there. I can't remember where we put that. Just kind of discouraging. <laughs> we can miss the mark completely. And if we're going to be the people God's called us to be, we've got a long way to go. But he goes, hey, follow the way of love. That's where it's going. And now, follow me. It's the most excellent way. The best way to get where God wants you to be is going to just be following the Spirit of God, supplying us with faith, overfilling us with hope, pouring out love in our lives. Let's pray together. Wherever you are, would you bow your heads? We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.